Oh my goodness, it's that time. We are Was It Good, and I'm your poorly dressed host, Ravi. I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. We, of course, are talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, HBO's new show, Lovecraft Country, and some newsy news. But first, it's a special time. Someone was born on the release date of this podcast episode. Edward Norton. He was born August 18th, 1969. What a special actor he is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, some, that's a really, beautiful. That's really good information. That's great. Was he actually? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what the Google says. That's actually fascinating. Not because of the date, but because he, it was 1969, which is Krishna's favorite year. Uh, favorite number, 69. 69. But yes. yeah, August 18th, just another day, you mm-hmm. know? Nothing and for important. those uh, listening at home, we do do this podcast on twitch.tv slash was it good every Monday night. We have our chat open and, you know, Feel free to jump in, comment, talk to us, make fun of how we are dressed. And before we get into the real, real good chunk of the show, we are doing another giveaway. This time, these awesome face masks. Uh, As you all know, with COVID running rampant, uh, face masks are very important. You should wear one anytime you leave to go out in public. Um, We will be doing the contest on both Instagram, so uh, wasitgoodbtm, and then on Twitter at wasitgood. Just make sure you like, comment, and follow us uh, to be entered to win, and we will announce the winner. Uh, We're going to give away two of these face masks next week at the time of the taping of our podcast, which would be on Twitch. So, good Mm. stuff. Face masks. Noise. Everyone needs more of those. Yes. But anyway, let's actually talk about some stuff that is interesting. Oh, yeah. We're not even going to address the birthday. No, I'm I'm speeding through it. <laughs> what, you're embarrassed by it? I'm by no, it's not even your own. By Arjuna's birthday tomorrow, today? <laughs> it's Arjuna's birthday. Today, today tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Every yeah, day whenever, is, whenever it is. Every day is Arjuna's birthday. It yeah. is? So no. go ahead and hit him up at... Uh, what's your Twitter? I don't even know what your Twitter is. <laughs> it's just is. at Arjuna Ramgopal. Oh, oh what a it's boring just, generic... Just my name. Uh, hit him up. It is his birthday. He's turning like forty, I think. So Arjuna, the youngest, is turning forty. So yeah. you guys must be. He, got, he got that Benjamin Button disease, or maybe I have that disease. Fuck. Who knows? <laughs> My goodness, Arjuna, did you? Um, this is this is kind of fun because obviously we're taping the day before your birthday, but this is coming on the day of your birthday. Yeah. So let's 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 pretend real quick. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah. Was it good? <laughs> Well, I should answer that next week. I should answer that on next week's podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. You no, have no, to answer no. it right now. Right now. Was it good? It yes. was great. Okay. Yeah. Great. Right. Well, we already yeah. started a little early. We had a little... Uh, little. Um... Little? Arjuna, I haven't been that drunk in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> Christian was so wasted. He thought it would be great to show us Rogue One. Actually, Chris, so... 42 so, uh, minutes. Wait, wait. wait. I want to I put this on. I want to put this on tape. Christian did make a promise uh, on oh. Saturday night. That yeah. if the Boston Celtics win the NBA championship, Krishna will go ahead and get a tattoo with Ravi and I. We'll get matching tattoos of something that we yeah. all agree upon. You know what the worst part is? I I didn't remember saying that until you mentioned it. <laughs> I was like, wait, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, you it did. It was not a dream. You did. That was great. Uh, so You said it. You does said it, it. Does it have to be? I mean, it's going to be a design we all come up with? It's going to be something we all agree upon yeah. and, and everything. Like so that, we'll take suggestions. Yeah. Um, originally, we had uh, when uh, England was playing in the World Cup. That's still on the table. It's still on the table. If England ever wins a World Cup in our lifetime, while we are alive and breathing, we will all get a three lions tattoo. 
Yeah. So like three lions is like the emblem of uh, wait the English I, national team, I think, or maybe just England in general. I'm not actually sure. I have a better idea for this joint tattoo for the Celtics. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to use it as a segue so we can actually get into the show. Ooh. Uh, it should be no. It should be no. the Federation no. symbol. No. A Star uh, Trek, absolutely fed, not. the Star Trek Federation symbol. All three of us should get that as a no. matching tattoo. No, because there's no way in hell that could that could go south. No, when, you know why? Because it's Trump Star and Trek sucks. Because uh, Trump and Space Force, Space Force are utilizing that same oh, symbol. <laughs> no very, way. It's a very similar looking symbol oh, to the Federation. Well, and also I'm not as trucky, so that would be a waste of my body. That would be a waste of ink. You could always, you know, black it out. You know, years later. What a waste of time. <sighs> anyway, Star Trek, Lower Decks, we got episode two finally. Well, not finally. A week later. A week later, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start right off the bat. Obviously, when I saw the first episode, my hype was really, really up there. Mm. This one felt like it was, it was good. It was interesting. But, you know, I think I'm realizing that this isn't <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> oh, interesting. All In right. the sense of, like, what I'm used to with Star Trek, which is this, like, hour-long, mm. you know, maybe episodic, maybe non-episodic, depending on what series you're watching. But usually it's this kind of like, oh, what are they? What kind of cool thing are they going to go do? This one felt a lot more screaming. Hmm? There was just there was a lot more yelling and 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 just running around doing stuff. It's a very very simplistic type story. In this particular episode, basically they're they're delivering a Klingon to a, a Federation embassy. The guy's drunk. Things go horribly wrong. Things go horribly <laughs> wrong. It's a little funny, but it's um. How do I put it? So, when you watch like Family Guy, yeah, you kind of sit there and you put it on. And things happen. <laughs> things happen, and yeah. you're kind of paying attention. Yeah, not a whole, not really. It's kind of where I was with this episode for some I, reason. I disagree with that. I wouldn't say this is like Family Guy level, but there's because there's certainly through lines and there's character development for our characters, and there's definitely overarching themes that you're getting. Like you're you're understanding that. Um, our main male ensign like is definitely egotistical and like wants to be the best and that his friend, the main female character, is actually very competent, but she's playing down the stuff to help him. Like you see that with the uh with the call with the Ferengi that she has at the uh no the Ferengi or the Andorian. He's a Ferengi. Ferengi, Ferengi. that's right. The Ferengi. By she the way, has real quick at the end. Krisha so. thought that Ferengi was um I forget the character's name for D Space. Knox the bartender. Yeah, Knox. He looks just like the bartender. Krisha, that's you're saying all Ferengi <laughs> look alike? Wow. Kind of. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> at least in this universe. That is um oh. that is not a good thing to say in this day and age. Especially that's, with the Ferengi. Is that speci- specious? I have no idea. We haven't met any aliens yeah. that I'm Listen, aware of. Listen, I think I'm okay because I don't watch Star Trek. So forgive me for thinking that a Ferengi j- looks just like another Ferengi that I've seen twice. But I actually liked this episode more than the first episode. And really? I, I think I'm in the minority on this you one. You are. But the reason, <laughs> the reason I liked it was I think we're getting more of our characters. I really actually liked the B-plot. Which showed off all the different. Um, what was the B depart? The that was the uh, oh yeah the yeah, cyborg yeah. guy going through all the different departments. On I like that starship. Too. That was the and best I, I actually really like that because like as a as a Trek fan but not a super fan, it's kind of nice to get that little bit of world building of like okay you know what exactly are the colors again like I know ninety percent but it's just nice for that reinforcement and then kind of to get the archetypes and the stereotypes and all that. I have a quick stuff. question. Why does security and engineering wear the same uniform? Because they're both useless. Grunts? Yeah, I, I guess they're you the could argue. They could argue, yeah, they're the worker force, right? They keep the ship running and then they're protecting the ship. Why can't one of them just be green? 
Why, why can't the security be green? Well, so at some, some iterations, green is medical. Yeah. Green but and blue are typically medical. Red is like senior staff or um, command staff. So, um, what, but yeah, it's still confusing why engineers and security would be the same color. It's two very different jobs. Security, you know, two very different skill sets. And they ran out of colors. What can I say? But make, them, make them purple, purple. black. Oh, b- gray. Uh, black is section 31. Yeah. Wait, what? Section 31 wears black all the time. They look cool. They even mentioned Section 31 in this episode. Yes, they do, actually. I was was like Ravi. I was sort of in and out. Uh, Even though I was in and out, though, I picked up on a lot of the fun Easter eggs, like the Section Uh, 31. I didn't. Um, I mean, it wasn't really an Easter egg. The Janeway stuff was really funny. The Janeway maneuver? Yes. (laughs) What is is the Janeway? Yeah, what what does that refer to for us, you know, non-Treks, Trekkies? What is is the Janeway maneuver? So basically, Janeway trapped a whole bunch of people in another quadrant because she wanted to like save children essentially. And because of it, she, or she wants to save the child or, or some living being. And because of it, most of her crew got horribly murdered and died. And, you know, the rest of them that survived the initial, like whatever ended up on another part of the whole galaxy. And wow. You know, would take 200 or 70 years. So like a really terrible, it's a good meta. It's a good meta criticism of Janeway. Yeah. Basically it's, um, Screw your crew. It's kind of like we need more Holdo maneuvers. Nope. No? We don't uh, talk about can't that. We do crossovers here. You, what? Well, we do it all the Star time. Wars and Star Trek are very different. <laughs> I don't so see different. any similarities between Yeah, me neither. Yeah, one's good and one's bad. Wasn't there an episode in Star Trek where somebody did something similar with the warp drive to blow up some shit? I mean, honestly, I believe that maneuver's been done in most sci-fi. Like the kamikaze, essentially. Not Dune. It's taken. It's taken <laughs> from naval warfare back in the day when you would put like uh, you'd make the front of your ship mm-hmm. uh, made out of like iron or something, and all those ships would do is just run through other ships, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, other ships. You know, you might have like bowmen on them. They might have like cannons or catapults, whatever they were using at the time. But I think like a strong component of a lot of these like naval fleets was the ramming ship. So, and all they would do is just well, ram the ship. hammerhead maneuver in Rogue One. The hammerhead. Oh, yeah. The, the first one yeah, we watched yeah, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Wow, where I forgot you can't that. remember uh, that? It was a great time. Really I was drunk. God. Oh. Well, anyways, back to Star Trek. What do you guys think? So clearly they're doing cold opens for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what the cold The open cold open was, was the actually was maybe the funniest part of the episode. It was the little like orb thing. Uh, that's oh, like, I'm going yeah. to kill your species. Then it's like, oh, we're oh, just going to trap you in a jar. Yeah. And then like used most of its energy to make a transporter. And then it tried to attack the captain and it died because it didn't have enough energy left. I, I thought that was fun. Yeah. I, like that that. Was, I forgot it's all very, about it. It's very different. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah. It's like its own episode. No, this is its own <laughs> episode. It's just it's, it's a cold open, pull you in type thing as yeah. opposed to showing you the... A quick situation. You know, I mean, I still think the best type of show that like has the most hilarious and most interesting cold opens are the CSI shows. Really? Yeah, because it's typically like they go and they discover a dead body, and, and nine times out of ten, the character says, well, I guess they're dead. And it's like, okay. Uh, well, if, well, and then it's like, that zany music. CSI might. Well, those ones also connected to the plot. Like These are very much like the office cold opens where they don't connect all the time. Most of the time yeah. to the plot of the episode. Right. And so obviously two episodes in, we had the, the leg being sliced. And now this one. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's obviously very different for Star Trek. That's different. The 30-minute format is a little different. Um, 
Yeah. But I like it. I, I like it so far. I like that they're really just focusing on the four core characters. You know, the the senior staff wasn't in it was in the episode again a little bit, but they're certainly not taking the spotlight, and that's what I like. Right. Um, it will be funny because Lower Decks is based off of the Lower Decks Next Generation episode. If they do an episode that focuses like on the senior staff, like as a as kind of like a nod to like, they kind of have to, right? It would be fun. It would be funny at least. Yeah. 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 What Enterprise reference did you see in there? Uh, th- they mentioned the Enterprise, the one ensign that served on the Enterprise for a minute. Uh, mm. Is the I think the, I remember that they, too. Yeah, th- they mentioned that uh, because I think it's near the beginning where he's like, "Yeah, you know, I just did really well, so I get to fly the Klingon." And he's like, "Guess who the be- like?" Yeah, I think it's like, "Guess who the best ensign is?" And they're like, "This other one." And they're like, "Just because she served on the Enterprise for like a minute doesn't mean she's that cool or whatever." I mean, the Enterprise is the flagship. Like, if you're on the Enterprise, then you're you're somebody. Best of the best. You're best of the best. Yeah. So the uh, second contact. Unless you were a Quill Wheaton. Because then what you do is you you get put on the flagship, you you know you go through the ranks, you become like this great pilot, and then you're stuck in this conspiracy thing, and you throw your entire career away. Jesus, is that what happens to his character? I'm paraphrasing, but oh. close to it. Yes. Do we think Will Wheaton will appear in this show? I would think like um, I would say yes because. I mean, I don't see why not. Will Wheaton is, like, very connected with the whole, like, nerd Hollywood culture and everything. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he, didn't he guest or voice on Rick and Morty at one point? Yes. So if that's the case, then, yeah, I'm sure he's going to make an appearance, like, either as his character from Star Trek. Oh, it has to be. Or a guest. I mean, if you do a get, like, a rando guest character, that feels kind of a waste. But Will Wheaton would be great. He's got to be, what, his his character's name is William Crusher? Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be Will. But grown up, yeah, and and they'd be funny because these ki- like are kids, right? They're supposed to be like kid ensigns, so you could definitely have like a fun plot there. Like, yeah, I used to be the prodigy kid, and it's like he's gone nowhere. Like that would be much in line with the show. Like he's like two stars. He's like their future, <laughs> yeah, essentially, or their potential future. I like that. That could be fun. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see. I think what will probably end up happening is we'll see more like mentions. Of all of the like the the Star Trek universe, and then maybe season two is when we'll get I think more of these. Oh, they're gonna man- they're gonna Mandalorian it up. So first season yeah. introduces everything, and then the second season is which, Rebels, which works. Right. Except if you're a Juna, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you Juna hates it, it. Juna for hates every it, yeah. reason. Okay, I t- I just don't want it to become Star Wars Rebels season five. It's it's very why not if it did it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, for me it it's could not be fine. it could be fun. Oh, Christian, your cable is showing. Oh. So it, it's kind of it's kind of annoying. I have to put it back. Sorry, I can't yeah. do. It. I can't do it. No, put your cable. No, no one I'm, wants to see your cable. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to see my cable. Krishna. Yes. Was Star Trek Lower Bridge Lower Decks Lower Bridge Lower Bridge, lower bridge. <laughs> Was Star Trek Lower Decks season one episode two good? Yeah, it was good. Um, it's clearly uh, you're right. It's clearly its own thing. It doesn't feel Star Trek to me. But for me, that's a strength because I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Ravi, was uh, Lower Deck Season 1, Episode 2 good? Yes, it was great. It was good. All I right. enjoyed it. Excellent. Very much so. We're done here. Um, Juna, happy birthday. As it's your As an early birthday present, you don't have to give your answer. I think that's, that's the whole great, point of the show. Great birthday present. Fine. Juna. Or maybe we will both ask them together. No, that's so silly. Arjuna. We'll do each one word. Okay, perfect. Arjuna was Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1. Episode two, good. Question mark. Full stop. 
<laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it was good. And I think uh, in the minority, I think it was better than episode one. I'm excited to see where this show goes. Boldly goes where no show has gone Boldly before. goes is boldly go. Boldly bold. No, it's going to goes. It goes? Yeah. Wow, did you go to English school? Krishna taught me English. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that's your problem right there. <laughs> um... Da, 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 da. What do I want to jump to? Before we get to our Was It News, there's obviously another show more recently that just premiered this past Sunday on HBO. It's mm. HBO's um, original, I think it's a limited release series or limited series mm. run, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yes. It is a, it's not an original concept. It's based off a, nine, a 2016 uh, graphic novel. Oh, it's so a graphic novel. Graphic novel, true. Okay, um, that follows a um, black novelist, sci-fi novelist. I think he's a fan. I don't know if he's a novelist. Well, in the 2016, he's a. No- it says he's a novelist. Also, he writes. He writes as oh, well. Okay. Yeah. And so, so follow- far, we've only seen him reading. His name is Atticus, and it follows his um, journey uh, through kind of supernatural stuff, which is all related. Around the Lovecraft mythos or the Lovecraft Cthulhu mythos, mm. I just said a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Most I'm not gonna lie. Most of it I don't understand because right. I've heard of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, right. I actually haven't. Don't really yeah. know what he did. So yeah. H.P. Lovecraft is known as like kind of one of the founding pillars of the horror genre, right? See, I yeah. thought based on his name, it was like comedy. So he's contributed a lot to the horror genre. However. H.P. Lovecraft, the the issue with Lovecraft is he was horribly racist as well. Mm. So this show is kind of showing Lovecraft, essentially. It's kind of like you were created whore. You are one of the founding fathers of whore. However, you were also very racist, which is kind of how you come to this story. This is a, this is which a, is the real life horror. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, be honest. Which, so there, there's a lot of themes there and there's a lot of stuff there. And I think that's kind of what this show is doing. It's showing the, their survival, not just through very typical sci-fi, scary monster horror stuff, but also racism. And I think the first episode, you know, spoiler alert, the first episode does a great job with that, specifically in those last 20 minutes when uh, our ma- our three main characters, uh, Letty, Atticus, and uh, George, George Freeman, have, <laughs> have to all... Uh, it's a perfect name. <laughs> I mean, it is a great name. All have to uh, try and get out of the county before sundown because yep. they'll be hung. Um, then they get to the next county. It's also a sundown county. They get arrested. They're in a horrifying situation that then becomes even more horrifying when these vampire creatures so I, come out of nowhere yeah. and just rip them to pieces. So I, d- I actually disagree. Um, the horrible part is the racism, and then yeah. as soon as the creature showed up, yeah, it was almost like a welcome respite. Yeah, well, I was like, I was like, I could I, like. There's so much tension in the racism part. Yeah, of course. That when the vampires came, I almost relaxed. I'm like, ah, here we go. Yeah, this is what Do I. Do you know for. why? Because it's uncomfortable. Correct. And which I, is amazing. And, and, it, and it says a lot. It's like you'd almost rather in your entertainment, yeah. which is why I think this show is going to be fucking yeah. amazing. In your entertainment, you'd rather see this fake, right? This fake horror, because facing the real horrors is uncomfortable. And I think that's the point. That is I the point. I think that is the absolute Boom. point. You're supposed to yeah. feel 
very uncomfortable. And yes. I think what you felt is exactly what the what they were going for. Yeah, I and I'll say this right now. Everything. They, it, it seems like it would be really hard to blend the two. Like, uh, here's a real-world issue. But I think it's helped by the setting, which is the 1950s, right? Um, I think the show takes place in the 1950s, I think. Yeah, post-World War II. Yep. Yeah, don't quote me on that. It, it is, oh, it okay, is the 1950s. Yeah, post-World War II and post-Korean War, right? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, our, our main character, or one of our main characters, Atticus, is a, a veteran of the, the Korean, Korean War. The Korean War, yeah. Correct. And so I think the setting helps a lot with getting you into this horrifying world, like Chicago, you know, with the fire hydrant, um, uh, obviously going through like some of the backwater, you know, states and, and towns and cities or whatever. Uh, you know, all that stuff, I think, really helps pull you into this, like, this world that isn't that long ago. It really isn't. Like it's it's a sixty a generation seventy years ago. Seventy years two ago. Two generations ago. Yeah. yeah. Not even. But I mean, well the worst part though is like what we're seeing I mean, we I mean somebody correct me if I'm wrong and I hope I'm wrong, but we don't have like the sundown laws in any location. They're not legally. I say that very hesitantly. Yes. You don't know. Right. Exactly. It's kind of I would be scary. Willing, I'd be willing to bet there it, there's nothing on paper or legal, but sure. I'm sure there's unofficial sundown towns. Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, definitely interesting show. I'll say this: the opening uh, sequence that we got, where it's um, we see the main character Atticus running through the trenches in black and white, in black and white, very heavy film grade. There is a voiceover piece that sounds like a an old nineteen. 40s, 30s, 40s recording of some sort. I believe I I, I read this. I think it's actually taken from a Jackie Robinson bi- uh, biopic done in the 50s. Because uh, a lot of the VOs and stuff are pulled from historic things, and I think that one's actually pulled because Jackie Robinson shows up in that quote-unquote dream sequence. Uh, I, I believe that is his voice. And in this dream sequence, it goes from black and white, heavy film grade, to explosions in color, then fully into color. Um, it's still high-contrast film look. And then we are getting like these large panning, wide shots, and then we kind of pop up, and then we see the classic like 1940s looking ufo uh, saucers um and then an alien woman coming down a tripod walking tripods walking tripods right war of the world flying cthulhu looking monsters then a cthulhu monster thing rising up and about to eat him then jackie robinson using his bat to rip the thing in half and then it comes back together and then Atticus wakes up great opening sequence <laughs> i was like cuz i honestly i went into the show not knowing anything I think it? you pretty much asked, like, what is this show about? Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, and, and that intro that intro doesn't help, and that's a strength. Yeah. Like, it, there's, like, so much going on, you're just like, what the hell? And it's perfect, because it, I, I feel like it's supposed to be a representation of all the books that Atticus is reading, or is into, sort of like a, a an amalgamation, if that's the right word, of his life. Yeah. Um, so, quite wonderful. Really well done. Visually stunning. Uh, yeah, I mean... And shout out to the creator of the show, Misha Green. Mm. Um, she um, we she started off as a staff writer on uh, two shows that I believe both of you may have watched: uh, Heroes and Sons of Anarchy. Oh um, wow! She then went on to produce the show Helix. Then she moved on and created a show called Underground, which was about the Underground Railroad. Um, that actually also starred Journey uh, Smollett. Um, who's the female lead of this show? Gotcha. Um, yeah, she. I think she did a really good job 
With, so she's the showrunner? Yeah, she is the showrunner. Um, she wrote all the scripts um, for the show. I don't know if she directed any of the episodes. It only has the directors for the first five, and she's not any of the directors for the first five. But I don't know if she directed any of the later episodes. But yeah, I mean, honestly, the the complex this show is complex because it's obviously not easy to juggle so many di- like completely different, different storylines <laughs> or uh, yeah, elements and storylines. There's also a lot of characters that were introduced in the first episode, and honestly, I felt like you know HBO shows are always considered kind of um, dense and have a lot of information. Look at a show like Westworld or Game of Thrones. Where, like, Game of Thrones, you know, for me, I didn't know character names till season two. Because there's so many characters, such a big world. Westworld, same thing, you know. HBO is all about ensemble shows and these big worlds. Epics. And, like, I really thought that this show did something very un-HBO. Where it was actually able to give a lot of characterization to each of the characters. Where it's almost like your three leads are almost distinct from the first episode. And that's what I really liked about it. Like, I really, like... All the cool, all the elements are really cool and stuff, but I really like the three main characters that we kind of have and just kind of watching them go across America. And I don't know if that's the full, if that's the scope of the show, if there's going to be more to it. Because yeah. I think there are obviously more characters than just those three. The magic um, lady. <laughs> yes, the magic lady. <laughs> Who's the magic lady? The, the, the silver car. The silver car. Uh, I know out. she's magic. Well, we don't, but you assume there's a magic. I get, I get like James Bond vibes from that well, silver car oh, and her. So correct me if I'm wrong though. Doesn't doesn't they put that car pull in front of the car that's chasing him, the sheriff? Mm-hmm. And then there's like an invisible barrier that shoots the car over them. Yes. Yeah, James yeah, Bond. That's magic. James Bond. What James Bond? That you could be doing a massive amount of like uh, like a sound wave. It could be like a sound wave push. There was no sound waves. We didn't hear any sound. Could be the force. Yeah, magic. No, midichlorians. No, magic. Science. Well, it could be science. Midichlorian counts could be really high. Science is just magic until it's explained. Wow, 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 wow. Anyway, uh, other things I really enjoyed with this this show so far. Editing, pacing, great. Did not feel, I didn't felt, feel, it was like, I think it clocked in at one hour and nine minutes. Yeah. Uh, didn't and feel that at all. Did not feel that <laughs> at all. It had really, really strong, really good pacing. You weren't sitting around waiting, going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, color, their color palette that they've picked feels very, very good for this time period. Reminds me of um, uh, uh, other HBO show, season one of True Detective. I yes. Got, I got the, yeah. in terms of the color, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense, right? Because True Detective takes place in like rural parts of America. Different states, obviously, like Alabama, I think. Texas, maybe, um, but and this is like Massachusetts, but still though, uh, when they were like running around in the woods, I just got very strong like true detective. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple people probably who did both. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good there. Yeah. Uh, I also enjoy that the family Atticus's family is a bunch of nerds that like to look at space. Oh yeah, <laughs> and write <laughs> comic books. Oh. <laughs> like I thought that was Fantastic. great. That's awesome. Um, but like the main thing that drives our character Atticus to like, you know, come back to Chicago and to go out to this weird, you know, in the middle of nowhere Massachusetts Ardham. county is the fact that his father went missing for two weeks and then claims that he knows of his mother's Atticus's mother, who um, I believe has passed at this point. Yes, knows of her heritage and that he is heir to something or, or something. A birthright. Some kind of birthright. So based on that, like I know we could easily probably just go pick up the graphic novel and or read the synopsis and know everything. 
I'm going to refrain oh, from yeah. doing Me that because I kind of want to guess and go into it yeah. very, very much blind. Yeah. Um, but what do we think? Do we think that they're – I mean, clearly a group of individuals, so these three main characters and now all these dead policemen, uh, <laughs> saw these vampire monster-looking weird things. So one could argue that this is not all some kind of psychedelic trip. Yeah. There is some kind of physical element to this. So what do we think? What do we think is going on here? Like, where is this going? What is his heritage? Is he alien? Is he demon possessed? Is it what is it? Do we think? I know it's, it's kind of hard to say, but if I was going to guess, I think it has something to do with maybe a writer bringing his creations to life. So I think either a writer he follows, maybe Lovecraft himself. Um, well, Lovecraft would be dead at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like maybe he wrote a book and the things in the or everything from his books is coming to life, and Atticus is gonna have to use his power, his own writing powers, to fight back or something. Isn't but there? I think I feel like there's gonna be something literary that is driving. Wasn't this. there something with H.P. Lovecraft? Maybe it wasn't H.P. Lovecraft, but wasn't there already some kind of story? Similarly done, where a writer's things came to life. Inkheart, which is it? There's a book series is it Inc- called Inkheart. Inc- Inc- yeah. yeah, and there was a movie that came out with Brendan Fraser. Yes, yes. that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's the one. It was not the a mummy. Good movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> my guess is there's something going on, obviously, with the dad and the uncle, uh, Uncle George, because there were a lot of shots they showed in this first episode where. Atticus was talking about his dad, and you could see kind of Uncle George, and his face looked a little worried, and he was defending, you know, his. I, I assume are they brothers? I think. I assume so. they're yeah, they're brothers. brothers. Yeah. You know, you know, talking about his brother, and um, so I, I definitely think there's something going on there. There's there's some type of they had an encounter back in the day. A lot of paranormal activity. Yeah, and there's also to me. Why did Uncle George survive, right? He claims it was because of the, oh, the light and everything. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is his first encounter with the supernatural. Right. Um, especially because he goes out on the road so much, too. Like, he must have... And he, blames, and he blames his shattered kneecaps on a racist encounter, right? Yes. With, I think, some cops, maybe, yep. or just some people. Yep. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe so, he ran into some monsters. Yeah, he's a monster hunter. I would assume there's there's <laughs> some more there's some more stuff with Uncle George, uh, knowing some stuff about um, his dad. Who, by the way, is going to be played by Michael K. Williams. Uh, for those who don't know, Michael K. Williams is a, a Wire alum. Um, the Wire considered one of you know HBO's best show, probably its first um, best show. And they've had um, a few. Well, Sopranos, I guess. Is yeah. But you know, Michael K played um, Omar on yeah. uh, The Wire, one of the, one of the Obama's great, favorite one character, of, one of the great characters in fictional television. Yeah. Uh, so very excited to see him as the uh, dad because he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, shout out to this cast too, like uh, Jonathan Majors who plays Atticus. Uh, we're familiar with from The Five Bloods. Phenomenal. I really liked him in that, and I really like him in this. Phenomenal. Um, Journey Smollett, she was in an episode of Twilight Zone, one of the better ones from season two. And then also was in um, Birds of Prey, the Birds right? of Prey movie as Black Canary. Is she also in? And I could, uh, you know what? No, I'm not, I don't think she is. Never mind. I was gonna say uh, one of the new Harry Potter movies, but I don't think she is. I, I'm lying. No, I'm pretty sure she's. Not. It's not her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. By the way, uh, actually, real quick, so Misha Green and Journey Smollett have actually worked together, and there's also been discussions 
of adapting um, Journey's Black Canary into either a solo movie or like an HBO series with Misha Green. Um, so that is interesting. Oh, interesting. Well. Oh, so DC wants to make more stuff. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't they all <laughs> want to make more stuff? Hold on. Let me Marvel, just, let me just get, get close up on my eye roll there. Um, great. Don't care about the DC stuff. But no, I definitely agree. Fabulous cast that we've got going. Like Christian said, um, the fact that we're watching this and we're more uncomfortable with the racism than flesh-eating monsters ripping people to shreds. And I think that says a lot about mm-hmm. us in general. Uh, so I'm very curious to see where that goes. Does anyone have – I know the theory is, you know, the father's going to be playing a big part into this. Is there any other kind of out-there theories? I I have one theory. Go for it. Superman. Aliens. Yeah. I believe there's some kind of alien involvement in this because our opening is him talking to this creature um, that's clearly... Looks like an alien woman. Yeah, an alien woman from uh, some other planet. So I'm going to guess that there is some kind of extraterrestrial um, connection. Potentially, my thinking is it's his mother. Is There's some kind of connect there. Whether that means he gets superpowers or whether it be he himself is what's bringing these things to life, um, I think it's going to be some kind of connect there. Mm. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's just going to be strictly an Earth based thing. Yeah, I, I, do you guys remember he has a phone call, I think, with Korea at one point? Yes. He calls someone from Korea and And he memorized this a long ass number. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) they say he shouldn't have left. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm thinking that, that, quote-unquote dream sequence we saw at the beginning of the movie was not a dream. I oh. think it actually happened to him. Uh, and that he has, ha- he has had run-ins with the supernatural before. There's even a line where um, uh, Letty's like, why are you so calm right now? Oh. And he's like, you know, it's better to not... He, he says, you know, something inspiring, like, you know, it's better to be uh, calm than, like, nervous. But it's because... He's seen this stuff before. Same thing with Uncle George. So Letty's the only one who who's who is acting normally because she is frightened as fuck because she ain't never seen him before. This is horrible. Here, here's the question then. So like everyone seem they seem cool and calm headed, but like when there's the issues with like the sheriff or like when they were running getting run out of town, you can clearly see like with Atticus and his uncle, there is fear in their face. That's that's my point, right? They're so wait, fearful wait. of that, but they're not fearful of the supernatural. Or they're not as intimidated or, yeah. <laughs> the supernatural stuff they've dealt with before. But racism... Yeah, I'm sure they've dealt with that, too. I'm, yeah, I would assume like racism on that level, that's not new to them. Right. So that's, that's why I'm a little... That seems confusing to me. The, I mean, but, and definitely, they seem they both seem very freaked out when the... Yeah. Vam- are we calling them vampires? I'm calling them... I'm going to call them sharp teeth. I'm going to call them vampires because that's what they called them. Mm. Because of their understanding light. of like the light, light. Then they also, when they bite, they you turn into one of those things. I'm going to call them um, um, pale polar bears. Pale, furless polar bears. That doesn't make sense. Pale. They had like eight eyes. Polar bears. So the P- They're F- bats. They're, 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 they're pff- wingless bats. Giant nah. wingless bats. Giant wing- that can burrow underground. Yeah. They're underground bats. I don't know. Anywho, Arjuna was Lovecraft Country season one, episode one. Good. Yes, it was. It was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm very excited to watch the show. 
Um, nine episodes left. I I don't know if it's a limited series or there's going to be multiple seasons. Um, I hope there is, but we'll see. Uh, Krishna was Lovecraft Country season one, episode one. Good. Yes, sir. It was real good. Uh, very excited actually. Um, uh, I actually I actually, I disagree with you a little bit. I if it is a limited series, they they've been they killed the limited series with the Watchmen. So you know that's true. They they've been they've done well with. Being and selective. Chernobyl. Chernobyl was a limited yeah. series. They've done really well with done. not making things. Oh, man, I was really looking forward to Chernobyl season two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've done it's really called, well. Uh, it's called Chernobyl COVID. Oh, Lord. Sh-COVID. Sh-Poopy. Ravi, was Lovecraft Country uh, season one, episode one good? Yes. Yes, it was. Nice. I'm very excited for uh, episode two, and yeah. I guess we are, we've been blessed. What? For at least the next like four or five, like what, five, six weeks, we've got two things that we'll definitely be talking Ten about. Ten weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. They're both, they're both 10. Uh, and this oh, was episode two episodes. and one. So we're going to have eight weeks of both of these on our podcast. That's awesome. Thank something. Uh, before we get out of here for today, as this room starts to heat up, mm. make sure when you're at home, you're staying cool, stay <laughs> hydrated because it is. It is a heat wave currently. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, some wasn't news. Fresh Prince is getting a reboot. Yeah. And not the reboot that we thought we'd be getting. There was for the longest time the joke and even some rumors popping out that Will Smith would actually take on the role of Uncle Phil. Um, and it would be a nice, interesting comedy series and something that we could all tune in and kind of compare from the original to the new one or the reboot. But instead, it turns out we may be getting a uh, dramatic reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And um, what's interesting is how this came to be. Juno, do you want to fill us in on, on that? Great story. Story? Yeah, so last but year... But do it in a British accent. Yeah, so last year... <laughs> it's not British. There was a fan trailer that was released on YouTube for Fresh Prince, which was a dramatic retelling. Uh, Will Smith actually saw the trailer. trailer himself and went on YouTube. He has his own YouTube channel. Uh, check it out if you haven't. It, it's actually really well done. Uh, his uh, Will Smith's YouTube channel. Um, and talked about it and was like, wow, this this thing's really cool. Like, I really liked it. And um, there was a report that came out after that that he, you know, Will Smith was looking into developing um, that pilot a little further. And now... Uh, the guy who made it was named. His name was Morgan Cooper, and so now a year later, the report has come out. They've been developing it for a year, and they're ready to pitch, pitch it. it. Uh, and currently, there is a bidding war for this pilot um, and series. Which do we makes know sense. who is bidding right now? Uh, I mean, it's all the streaming services like HBO Max, obviously, because they have the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, uh, Netflix. Um, what were some of the other ones that I read? Uh, Peacock. Because uh, it was NBC, I think originally, <laughs> Apple TV is looking at it as well. The only one that's obviously not looking at it is Disney Plus because <laughs> they are so family friendly, whatever, <laughs> and everything. Um, but it it really just seems like it's a matter of if or not. not sorry, not matter if when mm-hmm. uh, the show gets picked up and when then they can actually start developing it. No news yet on who the cast will be, if they're going to use the same actors that were used in the YouTube pilot, or if they're going to recast it. Um, what Will Smith's involvement is going to be. Is it going to be EP? Is it going to be producer? Is he going to star in it? Um, as 
a lot of people have always talked about, you know, Will Smith is the age that, that James Phil. Avery, who was Uncle Phil, was. You know, it would, it would be interesting for him to take on that role. If they wanted to do a continuation of some type, or if it is just a complete reboot. So, if it's a dramatic retelling, I want HBO to get it. Mm-hmm. We've seen that they can handle, uh, like obviously with Lovecraft, uh, with, with Watchmen, with yeah. so many other things that they've done, they can handle the dramatic very, very well. Uh, not only that, though, like it, it's a fitting location, I think, the HBO Max like streaming platform, because it hits all the adults, older, current, and then also the ones growing up. Um, Will Smith has done a f- an amazing job of like hitting the Gen Z yeah. community. They know who he is. His YouTube is great. Like, it, yeah. he's he's reinvented himself uh, because <laughs> with his YouTube channel, honestly, in the last couple of years. Uh, and he did the smart thing, I think, last year of teaming up with a lot of YouTubers yep. and collaborating with them. So he is uh, – Will Smith has always been a very smart, smart guy in terms of just business and how everything works and being one of the very few in Hollywood that looks ahead and actually does that. So I think – you know, I agree. I think HBO is probably the smartest destination because not only can you pair it with the original Fresh Prince – but HBO has proven that they create the best television. You know, they don't create the most, but they create the best quality, in my opinion. Some of the best shows in the last 20 years and the last couple years that we've done on this podcast have come from HBO. Watchmen, Chernobyl, uh, potentially Lovecraft uh, Country. Like, they really create some really, really great stuff, especially compared to like Netflix and Hulu and some of the other ones who have many more duds, I think, than hits like yeah. HBO does. So I They go for quantity, not quality. Yeah, and so I think they can definitely provide the budget and um, the audience that you want for this type of show. But I have a lot of high hopes for it because, you know, I'm a big fan of the original Fresh Prince. I think everyone is at this table. Um, and I think a, a dramatic retelling would be really cool and it'd be something that's different with the show instead of just a straight-up reboot or a straight-up sequel series. Um you could because if you go back and watch some of the original Fresh Prince, they hit on a lot of relevant issues. You know, they they touch on racism, they touch on um, underage drinking, they touch on um, on drug use, they gun they violence, t- gun violence um, uh, losing loved ones. They touch on all of that type of stuff. Um, absentee parents, you know, um, moving across country. There's, there's so many, you know, racism in the school, racism at work. Um, but they did it through comedic lens. If you just change that lens, oh yeah, it's interesting. That'd be definitely cool and something I'm sure we'll we'll keep an eye out and keep everyone updated on. Um, continuing on the path of things being revived, rebooted, the X Men 1990 series um, discussions have happened regarding a potential um, revision of X Men, the 1990 series, a revival, a revival. So would yeah. they be continuing where it left off? It would be a continuation of the same show. So it's been about ninety four, roughly <laughs> twenty years, twenty plus, twenty years. plus years. Yeah. Oh, so would we have old man Logan? I don't know. I don't know if they would just pick up where it left off, or you know, it would, it would be take place in present day. Take place in present day, or present how day. it would work. But it would be interesting. I mean, the nineties X Men show is definitely one of the better animated superhero shows. I think one we all Iconic grew theme up song. watching. Um, it's interesting that it's, you know, everyone thinks like Disney has a master plan. 
clearly they don't. <laughs> um, especially like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like, oh, everything has to be part of the MCU. But then you hear rumors like, yeah, Deadpool's still going to exist, and they're just going to pretend that it doesn't exist in the MCU. Into the Spider Verse. Uh, uh, you, you have the whole Sony thing. Yeah. You have their animated shows that have never really connected. You have Agents of Shield that just ended with the last two seasons were like time travel and weren't even part of the MCU. Or they had like a throwaway line where it's like, yeah, you're in a different timeline. Wait, for real? This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just ra- we, we yeah, wrapped. It. Yeah, it just wrapped up its seven-season run, and the last two seasons had, like, time travel and stuff, and they hadn't referenced Endgame at all. They hadn't referenced, like, the uh, the snap or anything like that. And it turns out they had one character, like, come to them, and they're like, you're in a different timeline, and then he pulled them back into the prime timeline. At the end? At the very end of the show. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Didn't I also see? So speaking of Agents it was all Shield, a dream. wasn't there reference to like Agents of Sword uh, at the very, very end? I think like they're on a ship yeah. and they're like, we need to expand or something. Yeah. There's also a reference to Sword and Endgame wait, Pokemon too. Sword and Shield. Yes, yeah. that's what they're creating. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I would love a 1990s X Men continuation because that was a really good show. Um, they had some very, very great iconic moments. Probably the best. Um, Interpretation of Apocalypse, I think, to date. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. They also, I mean, they did Days Magneto. of Future Past. Yes. They did all the iconic um, moments, you know, X-Men comic book lines. Said, arguably did them better than any of the live-action movies. Oh, yeah. Not even arguably. Um, they did. I mean, Days of Future Past is a good X-Men Oh, movie. I love Days of Future Past. But it's hard to... A cartoon can succeed where live-action will fail because the scope you can just change the scope like you can never kind of you're never going to capture the scope of a comic book in a live action it's a little too too much and speaking on cartoons going to live action boom baby a beloved children's series <laughs> how dare you <laughs> the original avatar creators have walked avatar away. the last airbender La- avatar the last airbender yeah. have walked away from the live action reboot if you don't say avatar the last airbender people will be like james cameron's leaving <laughs> avatar <laughs> what what <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> um so yeah the their creators have, have parted ways with netflix netflix yeah, it's not is good. the one that wanted to do the ser- uh, a live action uh, remake for the series couple of things that came out and i don't know if all well, this is true they wanted to age the characters. They didn't want Aang and um, Katara, Katara to, and them to be like in their early teens. They wanted them to be a little bit older. The original creators? Or Netflix? Netflix. Mm. Uh, and this was so that they could make it bloodier, gorier, and sexier. Oh, they're going to just fuck it up. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Basically, they want to go from being a children's show to... Uh, being something for you know teenagers and young adults. Well, and the young adults. Well, so. Netflix has really leaned into that like young adult uh, genre with a lot of their uh, dating shows and like reality shows and stuff. Do you ever um, look at Netflix and look and be like, "Am I getting MTV vibes?" Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, you really are because they're really trying to go for that kind of audience right now. Uh, uh, I didn't know that was still an audience. Well, ne- well, Netflix has so many divisions, right? They have their cooking. They they literally <laughs> have like full departments for different genres. Yeah. And I have a feeling like this one got kind of pitched, and a lot of the different departments are like, "We got to make it this style and this style," and Netflix. You know, has infamously become when they get one format that works, that they then replicate every single type of show into that format. What happened with the action genre? 
I mean, arguably, they're still trying to find... I mean, they did a lot better, obviously, with the last one, the old guard. Yeah. So maybe that's what they'll follow from now on. But here's my question, right? Yeah. So the original creators have left. Do they still have the rights to the... Does yeah. Netflix still have Netflix the rights? Netflix is still, as of right now, pushing ahead with the show. I believe there is a petition to get the creators back and another petition to, for Netflix to just cancel the show. Cancel the show. Um, but I agree. I, I, I think if you have the original creators leaving... Um, a show that they worked on because of creative differences, that's a bad sign for your show. Here's what Netflix should do. They should make... Uh, they, if they want to go live action, do it. But it should be a different avatar. If you want to keep in the same universe, do the avatar after Korra. Or do, you know, do ancient avatars or something. If you want to you make it an adult and sexy, go ahead. Pick a totally different avatar. Let Aang and... Um, uh, Katara and Sokka. Yeah, and then Korra. Let Korra. Let those just be their own thing. You know, um, I think that would be that would be great. That, I would I, I would be down for it because if it sucks, it doesn't matter. It's a yeah. totally different medium. It's live action. It's not the original creators. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Doesn't yeah. Care. To me, when Avatar matter. came out, I it almost gave me Star Wars vibes because yeah. I, we talked about this last week or Space Wizards. We talked about we didn't talk about this last week. We talked about this on the live stream we did on Friday with. Um, the premiere of our uh, our uh, drunk history Star Wars thing, but like Star Wars works so well because it's this massive universe. Kind of the same thing with Avatar, right? You, there's so many versions of Avatar and the different avatars throughout the world and stuff that you can really create and really uh, have a bunch of um, you can really have a bunch of cool stuff. Like you can really have a bunch of cool stories that are in the past in the future you know what i'm saying like all these different characters all these different iterations of the avatar um and, and so I, i've always been a little disappointed that we haven't seen more like more shows i know they've done some comic books and graphic novels with um with ang and also with katara but just going going back going back through the history with all the avatars and also going into the future like you could Present day of, avatar. A lot of cool stuff. Oh, getting there. Which would basically be Jedi. Yeah, no. Yes. No. Jedi. No, no. But yeah, they, they can move all the forces. Fire and earth and wind. And Jedi? Sure. Uh, last piece of news here. Um, <laughs> once again, things of the past coming back. Yeah, we have the a lot G4 of that. The G4 Network, uh, their old Twitter handle a couple weeks ago, sent put out a, a promotional video that... Uh, basically said that, hey, we didn't disappear and we're coming back. And Olivia Munn um, came out and said, yes, I am coming back for G4. Nice. Or is at the very least is in talks to come back. Um, G4 TV was an interesting thing because it was, what, 10, 10 years ago it folded? Something like that. About 10 years ago. And it was you know at the beginning of, I would say, when esports was really kind of picking up. Um, primarily GeForce worked as like a tech review and kind of like a little bit of um, video game and then it moved into pop culture. You know, one could argue what we do here at Was It Good is very much based on what we learned and what we saw on on the G4 network. Wow. Uh, so I think it's interesting that um, that potentially is coming back or is coming back. I mean, there's been other alternatives like Venn.tv is another one where it's 24-7 gaming information. So... What do you guys think? Olivia Munn returning, or should she stick with the Hollywood stuff and being Psylocke? Uh, I'll go first. I never really watched G4. This was, I think I was too old for it, or I just didn't care. Um, just so didn't to me, care. this news means nothing. 
Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, I think with Olivia, I feel like it's, I don't think Olivia Munn is like the right host to bring back uh, for G4. Like personally, I was, you know, I know a lot of the quote unquote thirsty fans of G4 really loved <laughs> Olivia Munn for certain reasons. Brett. Um, <laughs> but I watched G4 like a nerd for the video games and um, there were certainly. <laughs> you didn't hit puberty. They, yeah, I hadn't hit puberty yet. Thanks, Krishna. You're welcome. Uh, but it was 10 years ago. <laughs> Wait a second. What? <laughs> God, you're a late bloomer. Um, no, G4 originally... Um, it was aired. Tech TV before G4. Well, no, there was G4, and then there was Tech TV, and then they became G4 TV. Okay. They combined. Wow, they merged. Also, like they were separate. Su- yeah. Like a super scene. Uh, but, you know, I think I think with G4, the you know, it folded for a specific reason, uh, if you bring back all the old cast and all the old people that used to run it, it's probably going to crash again. It's probably not going to work. So if you're bringing back G4, the video game world has changed, right? Esports is a real thing. Um, the video gaming has changed a lot. You know, we're really going to, you know, there's a lot of gamers that don't play a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Nintendo. They play on their phones. They play a PC. Um G4 needs to evolve with that. And I feel like just in a in a grand sense, just going back to what it used to be, it's not going to work, you know, because they, they, they the issue was they weren't adapting fast enough before. Um, you know, now if, if G4 is smart, they need to get a lot of the e-gaming stuff. They need to go get all those tournaments and stuff and have a home for them on G4. So are you network. saying... They are need you to say- have new hosts. They need to... They need to reach out to the YouTube personalities, the Twitch personalities of these video game stuff yeah. that are popular and bring them onto their network, right? They need sure. to work in the digital age and become a presence on Twitch and YouTube as well. Is it confirmed, though, is, is, does the Olivia Munn signing or potential return mm-hmm. mean that everyone's coming back? Or no, are you it just doesn't. I'm just, I'm just uh, symbolically, right? Symbolically, if you're going back, you know, the, the infamous... Uh, there's an infamous Christopher Eccleston quote uh, who played the ninth doctor on Doctor Who. Uh, when he was asked about returning to Doctor Who, he's like, well, you never bathe in the same river twice, right? <laughs> uh, sure. And there's there's kind of a saying to that. If something didn't work before, you know, if the definition of insanity, right, is just trying the same thing over and over again and hoping for the same result. Well, sure. if you're going to symbolically try the same thing again, probably going to get the same result. Let me pitch you a different side of the story. <laughs> was Olivia Munn there at the end when G4 shut down? She was not. She Can left. you make the argument that their ratings may have gone down after she left? Uh, I mean, yeah, you could certainly make Do you think argument. maybe she took some fans with her? But, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Boom. Not wrong. <laughs> well, the other, well, the other big thing you have to also look at, too, like, you know, G4 TV folded 10 plus years ago or however yeah. long ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, the nature in which content is made and put out there has changed dramatically. The amount of podcasts, live streams, like Twitch is a platform in itself. You've got so many, so much content that's already readily available. It's going to be hard to be like, but beyond the core fan base or the fans that were there, I'm curious to see how they're going to go and get new fans. Yeah. When it's like you can go to a was it good to get your content, your information. Ooh, look at that plug. But it's true, though. I mean, you just got everything that G4 provided, you can get on Twitch or YouTube. That's or why Twitter. they need. That's <laughs> why they need to become a digital. They need to become a digital um, only. No, not digital only, but they need to become a digital presence because no network is just surviving off network. You you have to have digital. Um, 
what G4 can be is kind of what ESPN is, right? Like ESPN is considered the universal sports home. Uh, you know, there's certainly other sports brands that are out there Yahoo Sports um, that are inferior in many <laughs> regards. Uh, no. but, but what wow. I will say, but what I will wow. say, what I will say is, um, you know, ESPN is still the king of sports, right? They have the platform, they have the digital platform, they have the games and stuff. There is no universal home for that for video games, and like that's what G4 kind of used to be. It's, they're certainly behind right now, but if they kind of get their ducks in a row, they could become that. They could become that digital home where, yeah, you you can like you know the it used to be the dream of every person who loves sports to work at ESPN. That's probably not the case anymore. God no. But you could you could potentially have that for video games, especially as e gaming is blowing up and has continued to kind of evolve and yeah. and everything. So I personally think it's going to be a failed experiment. I think the I think the ship the ship has sailed for a platform like G four, and simply because of stuff like Twitch, right? Um, and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. You Ravi would actually both of you would probably know more than I do. But I feel yes, like we do know more than you. The Thank video you. I agree game, with that. <laughs> the video game community uh, respects individuals more than I think I've even heard you say that they respect individuals more than corporations. Well, that's uh, that's not just gaming; that's everywhere. Uh, well, I'm sure, everywhere. I, I know. I'm not. I'm not, yeah. we're not. Let's not get into a deeper discussion about that. Sure. But the video game community specifically, because let's be honest, video game is more accessible than trying to hit a baseball or trying to go play football. With enough time, and yeah, it still requires talent and mm-hmm. good eyesight. Uh, you, you know, almost anyone can come up and become good at, good enough at a video game to 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 make a living out of it potentially, right? You still need. I don't. I would luck. not. I would not say it's anybody. You still need luck. You still no, need to be I, discovered. No, I know that. Yeah, and but you still the, need personality. Would, yeah, the same thing need, with an athlete. Yeah, uh, the, the the dry athletes generally don't make it. Yep. And remember, even with like regular sports and, and athletes, the contract or the team that you sign with only goes so far financially, mm. depending on position, injuries, and all that fun stuff. The flip side with esports is it's you start younger, yeah, but you also end a hell of a lot younger too. And once again, like wait, why? Because as you get older, you're not as fast eye hand coordination. Mm. Like once you get into your mid twenties. <laughs> that's why a lot of like pro esports players they're very very young yeah like they get in there at like 16 and they go until about 20 23 24 and then they kind of drop some stick around but it's like regular sports they stick around with the bigger personalities and what they sign on to mm. i think whatever g4 comes back as it needs to be clear cut and defined i don't know if they come back as the home of esports if that works because then it's just overwatch league League of Legends, um, um, actual esports or whatever, that might be too limiting for them. I don't think it should become just the home of esports. It should become the home of all video games. And esports is certainly a piece of that pie. But you still have gamers like... Dr. Disrespect, Ninja. Yeah, but you also have gamers that just like weird... You have weird gamers that play single-player mode. and you Michael have, Learman. You have, ga- you, have ga- <laughs> you have gamers that like... You have there's so many types of gamers, you know what I mean? Mm. And there's no universal home for that. That's what ESPN tries to be, right? It caters to every sports fan. Whether you love horse racing or whether you love, you know, Cricket? I guess everything besides hockey, right? On ESPN. Wait, there's no hockey on ESPN? Well, that's been the joke for a long time that hockey really isn't covered on ESPN. 
It's not uh, covered on anything. <laughs> well, it's also fat, like as we're talking ESPN. ESPN has an entire like esports division too. Yeah, right. but right, once again, that's just we're talking just a slice of the gaming pie, right. yeah, which right. is like the electronic sportsmanship. Right, right. I'm also I don't like the term esports because it's it feels limiting. Yeah, because anything within video game that is a competition could be considered esports. Esports, but yeah. then esports is also pushed in with talent who like like a doc like a Doctor Disrespect. Um, do they play competitively? He do, he plays competitively, but he's not nationally. He's like not ranked in in a variety of games. I think he's ranked in like one game. But he his whole spit and his whole deal is more um, entertainment value than anything. But, but yeah. he gets lumped in with esports. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, that is a problem. Yeah. Huh. It makes it like nobody's figured out or defined that term properly. Because the other question then is like, who cares? Oh, oh, well, also, who cares? <laughs> everything is a joke and everything is space dust. But then the other big question is like, you know, if you have the Phoenix Suns players playing NBA 2K against the Celtics, mm-hmm. is that esports? When you yes. compare, when you compa- <laughs> yeah. when you compare it to like the pro. NBA 2K players playing like yeah. well you have to call is it that am- all it's you call, all, it, you call it amateur esports right versus like a pro league right but that's the thing there's like nobody there's no group that has like obviously like with the NBA they've sat down they've defined their various leagues nobody's done that with esports but then esports it breaks down into so many different things like there's the Madden leagues there's the 2K leagues there's the there's um, a Sims 4 league. Is it really? What? Yeah, I saw it advertised on something. Uh, I think on YouTube, uh, people play Sims Four competitively. Like they're given scenarios and have to beat the scenarios in a time limit. That's amazing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I was like, I can't believe this is a thing. I'm gonna look that up. I think there's. A, I think it's a TV show. There's a show about the Sims Four League, like where they show people, players like breaking down. Like, oh my god. So speaking my of like goofy stuff like that, so way back. I it, believe it was a G four original production. They did like and when Rock Band was like pretty big. Yeah, they did like a Classic. the next like big Rock Band star group, and it would basically be like these people who were like <laughs> amateur rock stars the would band. go and like oh, yeah, it was like course. a whole like reality show thing. I mean that's hilarious. That's but a great that's idea. Like, that stuff was yeah. That's a great. That, idea. If if G four comes back with stuff like that, yeah, stuff with like Overwatch, yeah, I think that would be interesting. So they, I just want cheat code. I, I also want a cheat code <laughs> show again. What's cheat code show? So cheat code. So cheat code was the show on G four where they would go, they would go, they would talk about a game like, yeah. like a new release game and they would they would kind of tell you all the cool cheat codes or hints and or and like hints and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's a great exploits idea. and all that. It fun was a stuff. great show. I, you'd have to certainly update it for twenty twenty. Like I don't think the the format was very networky early two thousands, but I loved the information I'd get out of it for sure. Huh. Well, there you go. Sounds like you want it to change, but also be the same. Make up your mind, please. No, no. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm do what kidding. I want. Exactly. I'm, I'm an adult, I think. Anyway, that's gonna do it for us here on Was It Good? We discussed Lovecraft Country. We discussed Star Trek Lower Decks and had a bunch of new stuff. Uh, once again, we are giving away uh, two awesome Was It Good branded face masks. You can enter. By uh, checking out our Twitter or Instagram Instagram page, was it good BTM? Uh, we'll have a post up there that you just need to like and then follow, like it, like and share, and then follow the uh, appropriate account to be entered, and we'll pick a winner next week. I am done. <laughs>